Welcome to the Voices of the Lost podcast. This podcast is written, produced and edited by me, Karen Schaefer. This podcast will will cover some very sensitive topics including murder and violence. Welcome to the Voices of the Lost podcast. This podcast is written and produced and edited by me, Karen Schaefer. This podcast will cover some very sensitive topics, including murder and violence, and is not recommended for people younger than 18 years of age. This podcast will also include some very strong opinions, and the names of those mentioned will be changed to protect their privacy and the integrity of the case. No allegations will be made at any stage, merely rumour and the what-ifs. What could possibly have happened? We're going to explore all of that. The Voices of the Lost is a charity that's being started by myself in order to provide a voice for those that are missing and their loved ones, including family, friends and anybody else that cares to make a case for them so quite often in missing persons cases they fall by the wayside and they go cold because no one follows up in my case I went to the police they didn't know who I was even though my sister had been missing so this is my way of doing everything that I can in my power to help bring Kylie's remains home and then in turn to help those that are in the same position that I've been in where I'm forced to do this on my own because I don't have help. So follow along, you'll hear all about my sister Kylie Ann's missing persons case. All of the people that have been close to her will be invited to join me on the podcast and talk about how it's affected them and maybe just share some memories about Kylie and um Hopefully, that will help you understand why I'm fighting so hard to get my sister's case solved and to bring her home to bury her with the dignity that she deserves. So, maybe um, grab a beverage of your choice and a snack and uh, buckle up because this is going to be a bumpy ride. Now, my inspiration for doing this is... A beautiful young woman named Sarah Turney whose sister went missing quite some time ago and there's a current court case in place so I won't say what happened or what may have happened but the success that she has had with all the tireless efforts that she continued to do day in and day out to try and find her sister's killer have inspired me. Her Voices for Justice podcast was one of my main reasons for doing this so please if you have not listened to voices for justice please go and have a listen and you'll you'll understand where I'm at emotionally and why I would want to do this so let's start at the very very beginning it really is a very good place to start on Monday 13th of September 2004 at 12 noon I received a phone call from my brother who was serving time in Goulburn Jail in New South Wales. He was calling from the welfare 
officer's office. And this happens sometimes when a um, inmate is under duress or has bad news. So he was calling me from the welfare office and the conversation was pretty brief, but it went something along the lines of this. My brother. Hey, sis. Me. Hi, how are you? Look, I, I needed to give you a quick call. Uh, you might see dad on the news tonight. Why? What's wrong? Well, Kylie has disappeared, but it's probably nothing to worry about. What do you mean disappeared? Where is dad? What's going on? Look, she was at a party and she probably took off with a guy. Dad doesn't want you to worry about it. Okay, so what can I do? Just keep your ear out. She might turn up at your place yet. Who knows? Okay, well, can you please just keep me posted? I need to know when she's found, please. I'm worried. Now, I was completely unaware of the gravity of the situation. I had been working um, part-time in mortgages for about 12 months as a telemarketer. And this was my first day on the job selling mortgages. So going and doing a presentation with a client, which I'd never had to do before, and talk to them about their home loan and potentially give them advice on finance. So my first appointment was 10 minutes after I had that conversation with my brother. So my head was swimming, absolutely swimming. Now, when I arrived at the appointment, the client was a police officer and he could see that I was a bit shaken and that, you know, I was a little bit off. I apologized and I said, look, it's my first day. I'm really sorry. I'm not 100% with it um, because I've just had a little bit of um, worrying news. When I explained what had happened, the look on his face really freaked me out. He really tried to remain neutral, a bit of a stony composition, but he couldn't. And he just shook his head and asked when she disappeared. Now, this was the Monday. Kylie had disappeared on the Saturday morning, apparently. And when I told him, his face was quite somber. And he said, I'm really sorry that you're going through this. Um, I really hope that she's found pretty quick and wished me luck. What I didn't realise is that a search party had already been looking for Kylie for over a day and a half, but we'll cover that in another episode. So that's it. That's how I found out that my little sister Kylie was missing. The next phone call that I had relating to all of this was from my dad. He said that she'd been at a party, probably took off with a boy and I shouldn't worry. But, and I said, so if I hear anything, do you want her to call you or just come home? Yeah, princess, just call the pub. Because my parents didn't have a phone. To give you some scope, my parents live, lived, because my father has now passed, in northern New South Wales on 150 acres of rainforest that's two kilometres in from the front gate and eight kilometres away from Bellbrook, which is one town, 
and on the other side of their property there are about 10 k's away from Warren. It could be more or less, it's my guesstimate. Warren is the suburb that my sister went missing in. So there was no access to phone lines at my parents place which made it all the more harder because she couldn't exactly call home. Now mobile phones um, were pretty scarce in the region. My dad had a phone that could contact um, a lot of the region because of his access. It was Telstra and it was a special phone that sort of bounced off satellites and stuff. I don't know the technology. That's what it was at the time. So I had no clue. None. I had no idea of the gravity of the situation. Now in the background I had some stuff happening. It was 2004, I was 32. As I said, I'd just changed jobs within the same company. I'd been promoted and um, it was my first day doing that. I'd just signed a new lease and I was set to move on the 18th of September. If Kylie was to come to my house, I only had five more days of being there. Then I would be in a completely different suburb at an address that Kylie didn't know yet. I was in a relationship that was one that I was made to feel like I couldn't just drop everything and go. My son was seven and he was struggling with mainstream school as he's got issues himself. Um, and my partner at the time indicated that, look, you really can't do anything anyway. So I didn't go. I have a huge amount of guilt over this. I've still to this day feel like I should have dropped everything and gone and whilst I don't believe that I could have prevented whatever it was that happened to my sister I probably could have pushed the people a little bit more to get it done um, but you know to me it felt like my little sister was gone and that no one cared of course they did care but I felt trapped no one was saying, go and be with your family. No one. Not my boss, not my partner. No one was saying it. So I sort of felt like, well, maybe I'd be in the way. So I didn't go. It was then that I started to experience something that I've now experienced regularly for over 16 years. That awkward interaction with humans that feel that they need to say something. They need to query, they need to ask. Now this is a fine line because you do get to the point where you are so sick of talking about it in the initial times that you just don't, you wanna be left alone, you know? Um, but then you do get to the point where it's the other side where you want people to know and you want people to ask and you're desperate for people to know. So it's a fine line and it's really awkward for people. So conversations used to go a little bit like this. You know, they, they, feel, they feel they need to interact and it's awkward. They really do mean well, but it feels so forced. And um, it's kind of like they're scared of what the answer might be. So you get, hi, um, 
any news on your sister? Have you heard anything about your sister? Did they ever find your sister? And, oh yeah, is your sister still missing? That one gets me to this day. Um, and I understand that it's awkward. I understand that it's hard to navigate, but that's why I'm working so hard now so that people like me can openly talk about their missing loved ones and keep them in the public eye. We have to fight to get the awareness. There are so many billions of people on this planet that if we don't fight to let our little peace be known, to make sure that our missing loved one is recognised and known, if we don't do that, how are we going to bring them back? How are we going to get justice for them? They will literally just fade away like no one ever knew. And I don't want that. So keep them in people's thoughts. We're not talking about your lost phone or your luggage or car keys or something inanimate. We are talking about humans. And for God's sakes, this is my sister. Now, as much as I'm going to try my hardest to keep my emotions in check during these episodes, there will be times that I do get mad. And when I get mad, I get loud. And I swear, a lot. So let's recap. Kylie disappeared. I found out three days later. I started a new role in my current home loan job 10 minutes after finding out. I moved six days after that. It seemed like no one was telling me what was going on and that no one cared. My boss, my partner, the public. I couldn't understand what I could do and I didn't know why I just couldn't go and help. I was frustrated and upset that this was not all over the media. I couldn't understand why it wasn't being shouted from the rooftops. Why wasn't my father on Channel 10, Channel 9, Channel 7? everywhere I could not understand I really couldn't it's an endless source of frustration it really is now just to talk a little bit on the day that Kylie went missing and I will go into a little bit of detail at this point but there will be more information later where I do a full recap of the day. The current story is Kylie arrived at a party at a home in Warren on September the 10th at around 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. It was a Friday. She arrived with a handful of people and went to the party party went for many many hours there were a couple of disagreements they all went to bed in the morning she got up asked for a shower and left now obviously there is a lot more detail than that but as I said that's for another episode <clears throat> what the basics are is that she's gone and that morning whether the story is true or not my life and my family's lives were changed forever 
Now, as I mentioned, I will be talking to loved ones. I will be talking to lots of different people about the case, about Kylie and how they all fit in. I would urge you that if you want to know more about the case, that you go to the Facebook page, Help Find Kylie Ann Schaefer, that you go to my TikTok, Kaz Schaefer, and that you go to the True Australian True Crime Podcast with Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb, episode 177, Can TikTok Find My Sister? And you will hear me talk about Kylie at length. So a year ago, I made a trip to the North Coast. And that trip changed everything. It's how this all came about. I was on my way north just for a little holiday and I decided to visit some family friends and we stopped and had a coffee and I'm so very thankful for these friends because we were talking about just general stuff we talked about the fact that I'm getting married I'd just gotten engaged and I was super excited I still am and my friend said have you thought about what dress you're going to wear and I said yeah I think I think I know what I want to wear I don't want to wear white and she said would you wear purple and I said maybe it's my favorite color and she said I have Kylie's dress so this is my sister's dress that she went to the formal now in the photos that have been used across all the missing persons pages that I have it looks blue looks electric blue but it's actually a beautiful royal purple now I can't express the feeling that I had seeing my sister's dress but it, it's satin if you have a look at it in the, in the photos you can see very clearly that it's satin made out of satin and it's absolutely beautiful and running it through my hands I could feel her and um, it wrecked me it made me cry I was an emotional wreck and I knew then and there that I can't wear that dress because I don't think I would remain calm throughout my wedding um, I wouldn't be able to keep my composure I know that I couldn't so I said look I don't think I can please hang on to it for me and when the time is right I'll get it and then we had a further talk about Kylie and the case and a few other things and one of the things that was expressed was the frustration that my father wouldn't wouldn't allow me to utilize social media now social media wasn't a thing at the time very much when Kylie went missing in 2004 but over time once it started becoming more and more popular I created Kylie's page in 2011 and I got a little bit of traction and my father was not happy he wasn't he did not want it in the public eye 
he had some sort of warped view that he would be able to solve it and unfortunately for him he went to his grave never knowing what happened to his daughter in fact I believe it killed him he died from quite extensive cancer he was riddled with it in the end and I believe it was a direct response his body's response to the stress involved with my sister going missing I really do now when we were having these conversations this person said to me um so what did you think when you read all the statements and I said well I haven't read them I've never had access to them my father had given copies of these statements to so many different people but I wasn't one of them I had never read them at that stage 15 years had gone past and I had not read the statements not realizing that they could have been publicly available or that I could have requested them I didn't realize any of that I sort of did as I was told you know I got told not to get involved so I didn't I had my little Facebook page and that was doing a little bit so I felt like I was doing something um, but now I had an opportunity because this person turned around and said well I've got a copy if you'd like to read them and I said I would love to read them now the problem with that was one of the first pages and I didn't start at the beginning I just sort of flipped it and, and opened up like a big book because it's quite it's quite um, voluminous it's quite large and extensive so I opened it onto a page that spoke about an altercation that had happened during the course of the night it recapped an argument that Kylie had had with somebody and was talking about the conversation that was had and it went a little something like this I don't like the way you treat him well he's not your boyfriend why don't you mind your own business and then some screaming started and the male that they were talking about came over and said no one fucking wants you here anyway and depending on what transpired from there it could have been some of the last words my sister ever heard and just the thought of that was enough to make me more angry than I've ever been in my entire life I had spent the last 15 years believing that my sister was at a party with friends I spent 15 years believing that this was an unfortunate accident that may have happened that she may have left this party after being upset with a, a disagreement and that she's darted off and maybe tried to hitchhike home or had some sort of disagreement and then she's just taken off with the cranks and something's happened she's you know tripped over or something she's hitchhiked and taken off and then been murdered but no that is not the case what happened was there was an argument a volatile argument 
And then what happened during the night is up for debate. Some of the statements conflict with others. There's a lot of people talking about my sister's emotional state. But the bottom line is this. At the time, whether she was upset, whether she was angry, whether she was sad, whether she was depressed, my sister deserves to be able to be buried with the dignity and love and honour that every human does. And regardless of what happened that day, she's not here and we were never informed about what may have happened to her body. So it makes it very, very difficult for us to sort of put two and two together. If she had have killed herself, there would be a body. If she tripped and fell, there would also be a body. So what happened? Did she get up in the morning and walk away or not? These are all things that we'll explore as time goes on. But my anger about believing that these people were her friends can only be matched, I'm sure, by her disappointment that they weren't. So... As I mentioned, we will go through all of the different scenarios that may have happened as we go forward through these episodes. Please forgive the rawness of the content. This is my first time doing a podcast and I'm just trying to get this done for my sister. So I have zero experience in this. So please feel free to follow along there will be additional content available on Patreon and there will be pictures and various items as we go forward and there is the ability to buy merchandise for Bring Kylie Home um, and eventually Voices of the Lost I want to thank you for your time listening to this episode and thank you for your attention so as we finish up I just want to quickly recap September 11th at around 7.30 in the morning or 8 o'clock in the morning Kylie Ann walked away from the house she'd stayed the night previous and walked into the bush she was never seen again an extensive search across the land and in the surrounding areas brought nothing it was extensive and there were many many people that were looking for Kylie through the bush there were trackers there were all sorts of people looking they looked everywhere they looked through fire trails rally trails bushland creeks rivers 
and they searched for many many days and found nothing no trace they called the search off my family were extremely distraught they couldn't understand what had happened the rumors had already started but everyone was being very very quiet all the people that attended the party um, certainly weren't saying anything so time went past and it got quiet and then they found her shoes <laughs>